0: Hello friends, Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Today, the Blue Jays play game number 19 on the 19th, so we'll deep dive significant number 19s in franchise history. And there are some awesome and very fun number 19s that we'll look at together And coming right up, we'll deep dive tonight's series finale pitching matchup as a pair of struggling righties in Jose Barrios and Luis Garcia square off. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Craig Ballard. I am Locked On Blue Jays. I am thankful that you're choosing to make Locked On Blue Jays an everyday listen for you. Shout out to the everydayers being sure to watch on YouTube. And shout out to those of you making Locked On Podcast, your first podcast listen each day. Now, a bit of a mixed bag as the Blue Jays are 2-0 on Wednesday so far this season. I mean, that okay, that sounds good, but it, this is a series finale, and the Blue Jays have lost three of their five series finales, and those three losses have not been competitive games. Overall, the Blue Jays average a 7-5 loss so far in 2023 series finale. So going to need to be better tonight. Let's get into this tilt. Toronto Blue Jays-Houston Astros series finale goes on Wednesday night, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern, first pitch. It's a rematch. It's a pitching matchup we've seen before. We saw this last season, albeit it was in Toronto at the Rogers Center, but Jose Barrios versus Luis Garcia. The Springer-Dinger led that game off. Springer would go yard again in the third inning, so 2-0 Blue Jays. Jordan Alvarez would get one back by taking Barrios deep in the fourth, 2-1 Blue Jays. That would be the final. That would be the final. It was a pitching matchup for these two. A pretty fun game, too, if you remember that. And, of course, always good when the Blue Jays win. Now, Barrios, what have we seen from him on the road this season? Because that was a home start we talked about. And the last time we saw Barrios was a home start, and which was very promising. How about on the road? My goodness. Uh, Jose Barrios has lost both starts he's made on the road this season. In nine and a third road innings so far, 12 runs on 15 hits. My goodness, that's an ERA north of 11. Again, 15 hits in just nine and a third innings pitch. My gosh. Now, same as 2022 and that just, just tons of base runners on the road for Jose Barrios, right? We saw this last season. We saw this last season. Last season, Barrios on the road, just five and five, but his ERA was a six and a half. It, it's base runners a popping. it's crooked numbers, right? It's, it's, it's not one run every now and then. It's three, four runs multiple times. Rios we know he's had issues on the road. Now this is his only his third start ever at Minute Maid Park and like Gosman and we saw what happened with Gosman in the first game of this series like Gosman he's pitched at Minute Maid Park before but not since all the way back in 2017. In that season, he pitched seven innings at Minute made Park over, two, over the course of two starts, gave up nine runs, just four were earned, eight walks. Now, that is one thing I will say in the glass half full for Jose Barrios in 2022 is I don't find that he's out there walking a lot of batters. Jose Abreu. Now, these two, Jose Abreu and Jose Barrios, they faced each other many times. There was always an unbalanced schedule, right? And, and Barrios for years was in the AL Central with Minnesota. Abreu for years was in the AL Central with Chicago. So these two have faced each other many times. Each have gotten a piece of each other. Overall, I think Abreu is probably pretty happy with how he's done against Barrios, so we'll watch that matchup. Now, Jordan Alvarez has homered against Barrios. Alec Bregman has homered against Barrios. Kyle Tucker has homered against Barrios. In fact, the matchups are really going to have to watch me. You always have to watch Bregman and Alvarez, right? I mean, side note, how special is Alvarez? He's just incredible. Anyway. Really going to need to watch that Kyle Tucker and Chaz McCormick matchups against Barrios in this fin- in this Wednesday finale. Is those two combined eight for eighteen against Jose Barrios? The mound opponent, Luis Garcia. You remember at, in the off season, it was Kevin Gosman, his funky windup, and Luis Garcia with his rock the baby windup. They were the poster boys. They were the ones used in videos that MLB sent around to the different teams to show, hey, this is with the new rules. This is now illegal. And people wondered how would Gosman. React and adjust. How would Garcia react and adjust? Well, we know that Gosman's the series opener. Gosman was as bad as you're going to get. Right, like he was like Chris Bassett at St. Louis level bad. It was it was seven nothing before you could even blink. Just 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 insane. But but certainly not indicative of who Kevin Gosman is as a pitcher or the adjustments we've seen him make. Right, his first three starts, the third start was very good. The first two were stellar. So Kevin Gosman seems to have adjusted from these new rules. Luis Garcia. Not so much. This guy has struggled. He's made three starts so far this season. Astros have lost all three of those starts. Garcia himself is 0-2. His ERA is approaching eight. Wow. He's still getting a strikeout per inning pitched at home, but opponents this season hitting over 300 so far versus Luis Garcia at Minute Maid Park. He's had 10 innings at home so far, eight runs allowed. Come on, Blue Jays. Get those bats going. Let's go. Last season at home, Wow. Talk about night and day. Last season at home, he was outstanding. Eleven and three opponents hit just two thirty-four versus Garcia at Minute Maid in twenty twenty-two. Again, they're hitting over three hundred this season against him. Now, one thing—a glass half full for the Blue Jays here. Garcia has always allowed way more home runs at home than on the road. So, hopefully, hopefully, a good opportunity for the Blue Jays here. Now, the middle of this Blue Jay lineup. Have to take a deep breath on this one because wow, they've got to be better. Yes. Garcia has dominated them in the past and maybe he's been a different pitcher because yes, perhaps this whole new new rules and the pitch clock and everything like that, maybe it is bothering him. So maybe maybe it is going to be easier for them today. We certainly hope so because Bo, Vlad, Varsho, and Matt Chapman, these guys combined five for 29 against Luis Garcia, 13 strikeouts. Bo, Vlad, Varsho, and Chapman, five hits, 13 strikeouts. Against Luis Garcia, that's complete domination. Again, going to need to be better today. Now, in his, in the past, Luis Garcia's four-seamer has been hit. That, that's, that's that's always been the pitch that that gets hit the most from him. His, his secondary stuff is very good, or his other pitchers, I should say, are very good. But in 2023, that four-seamer is not just getting hit, it's getting killed, like, like Jose Barrios' four-seamer level of problems for him in, in, so far in 2023. The slider and the curve, his other pitches, as we say, have been good. But in addition to the four-seamer, I will say that the cutter has also been getting hit so far in 2023. So the Craig's key going to be you have to adjust to the slider, adjust to the curve when the count calls for it, you know, be ready when the game and the count game situation and the count calls for it. Yes, but go up to the plate looking to do damage to the four-seamer, looking to do damage to the cutter. Pick out the four-seamer, pick out the cutter and go do what all the other hitters have been doing so far this season against Garcia, against those pitches. Do damage. Coming right up on Locked On Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As today is the 19th, and also game number 19 for the Blue Jays, we'll look into significant number 19s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history, and there are some significant 19s. It's going to be a lot of fun. And on tomorrow's Throwback Thursday episode, as the Blue Jays are heading to New York after they wrap up in Houston, I'll tell the story of when Dave Winfield was arrested as a New York Yankee in Toronto for killing a seagull. What? Yes. During a Yankee Blue Jays game at Exhibition Stadium. Yeah. If if that sounds insane and wacky, that's because it was insane and wacky. And I'll tell you that story tomorrow. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. Over 122 million parts to choose from, so you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today is April the 19th. For the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays today is game number 19. With the number 19 running so wild, so prevalent today, let's deep dive some significant number 19s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. And spoiler alert, wow, are there significant number 19s in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history? Let's start with a record that is not going anywhere. This is never going to be broken. 19 is the Toronto Blue Jay franchise record for most complete games in one season. Dave Steeb authored 19 complete games in 1982. Let's put it this way, because we know it's not just the Blue Jays, right? In in baseball in general, with all the analytics, you can't let your pitcher face a batter for the third time, certainly can't let him face a batter a fourth time. So there's no such thing as a complete game in this day and age in baseball, not just Toronto Blue Jay baseball, right? In baseball, period. And over the last decade, the Toronto Blue Jays have totaled 18 complete games 18 and one of those was a four inning complete game where it was just the game went four and a half innings so it was an official game and and it was called after that so i mean i'll still count it but it's still short over the last decade that's 18 dave Steep had 19 in one season the most in the last decade that a blue jay has had in one season was back in 2015 mark burley had four complete games roy halliday Rest in peace. I mean, who doesn't love Roy Halladay? One of my certainly one of my favorite Blue Jays ever. We were blessed to have Roy Halladay, and he was a, he was known as a complete game machine, right? Well, his career high for complete games with the Blue Jays was nine. He did that three times, but again, there's a complete game machine not even coming close to Dave Steeves' record of nineteen. If you recall, David Wells he had that sensational season in in two thousand where he finished third and saw Young voting. Well, he had nine complete games that season. Uh, 96, Pat Hankin led baseball with complete games with 10. Followed that up in 97, led baseball and complete games with nine. So there's Pat Hankin, the best in baseball over those two years and those two seasons, those two epic seasons combined to Dave Steve's 19. I mean, this record is not going anywhere. In the 2000s, the most complete games by any pitcher in baseball for a season was back in 2011. That was James Shield. James Shields, he had 11. He had 11 in 2011. Like no one's coming close to this record. The closest team, how about this one? The closest team to 19 complete games in one season was 18 by the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies. And you talk about Roy Halliday, the complete game machine. You remember he was on that team. Cliff Lee was on that team. Cole Hamels was on that team. So man, that record, Dave Steve, you are you are very safe in the Toronto Blue Jay record books. Speaking of Toronto Blue Jay record books, speaking of a big deal, how about number 19? It was worn by the crime dog, Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff spent parts of almost two decades on the MLB level, authored a career good enough to later on this year going to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations, crime dog. Wow. Spent his first four seasons with the Toronto Blue Jays, 493 career home runs, and McGriff had the first home run ever in Roger Center history. Fred McGriff's average season with the Toronto Blue Jays, 278 batting average, 389 on base percentage, 919 OPS with 32 home runs. That's his average season with the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, that's going to work. Wow. 18.4 war accumulated over his four seasons in Toronto. 1989. Well, his 1989, I mean, his 1990 was incredible as well, but his 1989 may be one of the best seasons ever for Toronto Blue Jays. In 89, the Crime Dog led baseball with 36 home runs. He led baseball in OPS. He led baseball in OPS+. He won a Silver Slugger, finished a sixth in MVP voting. And again, I mean, that 1990, that follow-up season was, was no slouch. It was incredible. He was 10th in MVP voting that season. Later in that off, following that 1990 season, in that off season was that Joel Carter-Roberto Alomar trade, of course. How big is that in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history? Right, the, are the Blue Jays '92 or '93? Either one, let alone both. If that trade doesn't happen, so wow, bit of a <laughs> bit, bit bit of significance in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. Uh, just as a side note, if you're wondering, McGriff would go on to play two seasons for the Padres after that trade and finish top ten in MVP voting both seasons. So, Padres weren't exactly left with with a bare cupboard, right? After having to part fin- because of financial reasons with with Alomar and Joe Carter. How about another significant number 19? Now, we just talked about, are the in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history, we just talked about are the Blue Jays the 92 and 93 world champions if that Fred McGriff trade with Tony Fernandez, rest in peace, Tony Fernandez, Blue Jay legend, of course, just easy to love Tony Fernandez. If those two aren't traded for Alomar and Carter, do the Blue Jays win in 92? Do the Blue Jays win in 93? Well, a huge reason the Blue Jays won in 93 was another Blue Jay who wore number 19 Paul Molitor oh my goodness how epic how epic was Paul Molitor one of the great hitters ever he joins the Blue Jays in 1993 that was on the heels of 15 seasons with the Milwaukee Brewers and he wasn't even close to being at the end of his career my gosh I'm thinking he was like almost like the Tom Brady while Tom Brady was winning all those championships but just uh, just somebody who, who really had great longevity right and and this is what's happening Paul Molitor was having this level of longevity when it just wasn't happening it was so so impressive Yes, the wear and tear got lessened on him because he became an everyday DH, but I'm still, I'm just so impressed with, for me, greatness is measured over time and Paul Molitor's career from start to finish. Absolutely incredible. He joined the Jays in 93, just two years previously as a 34 year old, he led the league in hits and runs and his 13 triples as a 34 year old led the league. This guy's insane. As a blue Jay in 1993, a 36 year old, he led baseball with 211 hits for the Blue Jays that season he hit okay are you sitting down for this one my gosh so for the Blue Jays in 1993 Paul Molitor walks in the door and hits 332 402 on base percentage holy moly and a 911 OPS he had 11 sorry 111 RBIs 111 RBIs 22 home runs 22 stolen bases wow <laughs> wow that season he would finish second in MVP voting to Frank Thomas He would go to Minnesota afterwards and finish his career with three seasons in Minnesota. And again, talk about not even being close to being done. As a 39-year-old in 1996 with Minnesota, he led baseball with 225 hits. Paul Muller, he had the no stride hitting. If you remember his batting stance, he didn't take a stride. He he, He invented pretty much what is called no stride hitting. Paul Muller was special. He was easy to cheer for. A lot of Blue Jays had tears in their eyes when they realized they'd won that '93 World Series for Paul Molitor, special player. Seems like a very special person. One of the great hitters you're ever going to see. We'll continue our deep dive on significant number 19s in Blue Jay franchise history coming right up. But I do want to let you know that on tomorrow's Locked On Blue Jays, even though it is a day off for the Blue Jays, I'll have plenty of throwback Thursday Toronto Blue Jay content for you to enjoy including more from Fox MLB analyst and Flippin' Bats podcast host Ben Verlander as he shares some throwback Blue Jays memories with us. And the Jays are headed to New York for a weekend series, so I'll have some Jays-Yankees throwback stories for you as well. And then on Friday's Locked On Blue Jays podcast, I'll get you set for the weekend pitching matchups taking place in the Bronx. Spoiler alert, we've got a good chance right now we may be looking right square in the face. Alec Manoa versus Garrett Cole on Saturday. I pop emoji. First, I want to mention that Pro Baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a while. I've always thought it could be a great major league general manager, and as it turns out, not all that easy, right? Now, if you've had that same thought and have fantasized about managing your own franchise, go and download Pro Baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise, playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for hiring and coaching the staff. Managing team finances, you scout and draft players, you manage through difficult personalities and injuries, and you navigate your franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All of that in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free to play. It's playable offline as well, so you play on the go as you want, when you want. Locked on Blue Jays listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo Locked on in the Game Store, so make sure to check that out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, ultimate baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. Speaking of a great hitter, certainly someone who put together some seasons that were just eye-pop emoji and wearing number 19 for your Toronto Blue Jays, Jose Bautista. What's insane, what is so crazy about Jose Bautista's story and his lore with in, in Toronto Blue Jays franchise history is so many teams not just had a chance to have him because he was out there on the waiver wires and things and free agent things like that but had him actually on their team and you know two three weeks later would release him Pittsburgh Baltimore Tampa Bay Kansas City uh, the Mets the Pirates Pittsburgh again all of this before the Blue Jays trade for him in 2008 And the Blue Jays only trade for him in 2008 because they need an emergency third baseman because their third baseman, Scott Rowland, has gone down with injury. Yeah, Batista was a third baseman in these days. Holy moly. He would come in in 2008, maybe maybe could say some gradual improvements in 08 and 09, but 2010, pow, like what's the sound effect to make for bursting on the scene? Holy moly. His 2010, he leads baseball with 54 home runs. I need a breath. I need a breath on that one. 54 home runs for Jose Batista and just to prove it was no fluke he led baseball the next season as well in 2011 with with 43. And and we talked earlier about, you know, some great seasons in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. 20 uh, sorry, uh, Jose Batista's 2011, that is one of the best seasons. That is one of the best seasons in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history. Batista that season was an all-star. He was a silver slugger he was top 3 he was, uh, finished third in mvp voting that was on the heels of the previous year finishing fourth in mvp voting like this guy was on fire in in uh, 2011 jose batista would lead baseball in home runs he would lead baseball in walks he would lead baseball in slugging percentage he would lead baseball in ops he would lead baseball in ops plus he would lead baseball in most intentional walks Winning wasn't happening for the Blue Jays in those days either, right? Like, thank goodness for Jose Batista. It's all we had, and wow, was he something else. He would finish third in twenty eleven in MVP voting behind Jacoby Ellsbury, who was in second, and Justin Verlander won the whole darn thing. Twenty fifteen, Jose would lead the league in walks, and of course, that was the year of the epic backflip. And it's it's not just that the backflip was was epic and monumental in Toronto Blue Jay franchise history, honestly. I think you can expand it and say it was it's 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 become epic in baseball history. All the bat flips and and, and the having fun and the things like that and the let the kids play all of that was born from that Jose Batista bat flip. Jose Batista also, to his credit, he hit for power with the Blue Jays in 2015 and 2016. His OPS those two years combined was north of 900. All of that has led to earning. You're talking about earning? Wow. This guy earned, not just earned a great career on the, on the Major League Baseball level, but on August 12th, Jose Bautista has earned his spot in the Toronto Blue Jay level of excellence. Now, before we close today, I wanted to shout out a pair of veteran lefties who joined the Blue Jays at the end of their careers and wore number 19. First, we'll look at the man they called Sweet Music, Frank Viola. Viola was a mustachioed lefty who was a three time All Star, a former World Series champion, a former World Series MVP, and a former Cy Young winner when he joined the Blue Jays at the end of the 1996 season. That was the end of his 15th and what would be his final season in the Bigs. Viola, 36 years old at this point, made just six starts for the Blue Jays down the stretch, went one and three. His ERA was almost eight. Oh boy. His whip was over two. Again, remember, that's walks and hits per innings pitch. So he had over average over two batters on base every single inning. Really ugly. And the main purpose for that is he walked more batters than he struck out. This was the end of the line for Frank Viola, for Sweet Music Viola. But my gosh, if if you ever have a few minutes, check out Viola's performance in the 1987 World Series. <laughs> he was incredible. He was incredible. And last, certainly not least, another 19 veteran Blue Jay, veteran lefty on the Blue Jays, Dan Plasack. Dan Plasek, yes, that Dan Playsack is with the MLB Network now. His nephew, Zach Plasek, is on the Cleveland Guardians. Dan Playsack had a very good arm. He ran it up there in the mid-90s, and that was sort of rare for that time for, for, for that time of the era. Dan, Dan Plasek played in the 80s and 90s. He spent parts of 18 seasons on the big league level, never had an injury. That's incredible. 18 seasons with with today's modern medicine and training and recovery and everything like that with no injuries it is incredible, let alone when Dan Playsack was playing in the 80s and 90s. Very impressive. Playsack was actually a two time Blue Jay spanning parts of of five seasons. Overall, 11 and 17 as a Blue Jay 4.21 ERA. Now, he did strike out 11.1 batters per nine innings with the Blue Jay. That was his career best. Now, originally, Dan Playsack was part of a trade that sent several Jays prospects to Pittsburgh for Playsack, second baseman Carlos Garcia, and outfielder Orlando Merced. And in total, this was a nine player trade. And it almost fell apart initially because Playsack balked at the idea. Balk, no pun intended. They're talking about a picture here, but he balked at the idea of heading to Toronto. But he was the best player in that trade. So there would be no trade. If if he did continue to refuse, he he would eventually agree to the move. That was then Blue Jays general manager, Gord Ash. And, and he was vocal. He was looking to make a big trade. And he considered this a big trade at the time. And, you know, at that time, I agreed because Carlos Garcia, that second baseman, he was a top tier second baseman at that time. And Orlando Merced, the outfielder, he was showing promise. Plus, as I mentioned, Playsock was very good. And the Blue Jays sent six minor leaguers back. And, and as a side note, none of those minor leaguers ever worked out. So this, this should have been a much better trade for the Blue Jays than it ended up being. And I say that. You you look at the three seasons leading up to that trade. Carlos Garcia, the second baseman, he was averaging a 285 batting average. He had an all-star game in there as well. But man, he, he was a top tier second baseman. Complete flop as a Toronto Blue Jay. He hit a putrid 220 in what would be his lone season in Toronto. And just like that, was doing so well. Became a Toronto Blue Jay. One season later was putrid and his career was over. Orlando Merced would have a good season, but would only last, just like Garcia, he would also only last one season in Toronto. So Dan Placek really, really was the gem of that trade. Now, tune in tomorrow on Locked On Blue Jays for a few fun throwback Thursday Blue Jay stories. Now, for now, keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network and checked out Locked On MLB. And finally, in the immortal words of the late, great Tom Cheek, touch them all, Joe, you'll never hit a bigger home run in your life.